So today's guest, she's from the real world, Brooklyn, and MTV's challenge, Caitlin Cusinelli. Thank you for joining me today, Caitlin. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay. So before I dive into challenge-related questions or real-world questions, um, talk to me a little bit about um, you know, your interests and hobbies growing up. Uh, yeah. Um, so growing up, I was I was always kind of like a little bit of uh, like bookish, very introverted. Um, so I uh, did a lot of, of gaming. Uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo uh, was kind of my jam as a kid. Um, and then like board games and D&D and things like that. Um, in high school, I was always like, you know, you'd have like PE in like middle school and high school and like all like the jocks would be out there and they, that was like their jam, right? Uh, I was underneath the bleachers with the rest of the nerds, uh, playing games. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I did some athletic stuff though. Like I was in like martial arts and gymnastics for a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty much my my lifestyle growing up, uh, I was a mall rat for a period of times. So I think though most teenagers on the East Coast had like their mall rat phase. Um, so uh, I grew up in South Florida. So it was very like, um, you know, we'd go to the beach, try to like get into clubs a little bit early. It's a big like club town. So just, just general teenage shenanigans. Yeah, I was, um, the mall really hit home with me when you said that because I'm actually like in that phase right now where I'm always, you know, going to the malls and... <laughs> Um, so talk to me a little bit about your casting process and what that was like. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit older when I got cast, right? So MTV tries to cast between the ages of, I think like 18 and 24. So 24 is kind of like their cutoff. Um, I was 23 at the time. Uh, I didn't actually know that there was a casting call. Uh, um, I work, my background is mostly in information technology. Um, so like I'm, I'm a Linux systems engineer by trade. It's basically, I, I build uh, high-end computer systems for, for companies. Um, so I was already pretty well into my career at that point in time, uh, and I was working a graveyard shift. So my shift started at like 11 p.m., and I got off at like 7. And um, this particular morning, it was like a Saturday morning, and uh, and I was living in West Palm Beach. My, uh, my job was in West Palm Beach, uh, which is a, a town in South Florida. Um, and my best friend called me. She's like, hey... MTV's having a casting call. I need a ride. Would you mind taking me? And it's a Saturday morning, and I'm normally, like, you know, especially, like, when you're young, too, you can pull all-nighters, no problem. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, so I go, I pick her up, and, um, and we go to the, this mall. We go to, I think it was the Valley Fair Mall, um, maybe in, like, North Miami. And, um, and so we go, and I don't even know what we're in line for. Uh, so we're, we're sitting there and like the line is like, is like out the door. There's all like these, these tweens, all these people that are super hyped up and I find out for, uh, it's the real world. And I was like, Oh, that show's still on. Like, like when they're casting for my season, like I remember growing up watching it in the late nineties. Um, but it seemed like a little dated at that point in time in like 2006, 2007. And, uh, yeah. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I'll hang out with you. We'll, we'll do the casting thing. And then I got called back. Um, like as we went through like our initial, like little interview phase, uh, and I got my first call back. They wanted me to hang back a little bit, answer some questions. There was like this big packet questionnaire. Um, I was like, all right, cool. Filled it out, went home, passed out, whatever. I'm like, I'm never going to hear from these people again. So, um, I wake up a little bit like later that evening. Um, cause I just worked like a full, like 10 hour shift before and then plus the whole casting process, whatever. So I passed out that afternoon and I woke up like in the, in like the early evening and there was a phone call 
I'm like, hey, this is so-and-so, like the casting person from MTV. We really liked your packet. Would you mind coming by tomorrow and swinging by this hotel? We'll, we'll do like a little like one-on-one interview. So um, I do that, and I'm like, all right, never going to hear from him again. And that's basically how I, how I felt through all these processes. They would give me like a phone call here, or they'd be like, hey, can you, can you like record like a videotape of yourself and do that and then submit it? And I was like, all right, sure. Like I wasn't like seeking out, like getting cash. You know, it was more like I did a thing and then they keep following up with me. Um, and then one day I just get like a knock on my apartment door and it's just like this big, like thick, like packet. And it's this contract and triplicate that I have to sign. And then in like a very like movie-esque, like it reminded me of like the Matrix, right? Where um, where the dude gets handed the letter and then his phone rings, like you should have just gotten a da da It's like that timing was exact. Like I was like just opening up the packet and it was one of the casting directors like, hey, so you should have just gotten a thing in the mail uh, that was delivered. Uh, we like to fly you out uh, to California. You made our final round of, of interviews. Um, and, you know, we'd like to, you know, see about having you out. And I was like, all right, cool, I'll do it. You guys want to fly me out? I've never been to California before. Happy to do it. Um, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so they flew me out. And that's when they revealed that we were going to be, uh, that, that this season that I was interviewing for was going to be in Brooklyn. And my immediate thought was, thank God I was worried it was Detroit. Like, <laughs> like it was, it's like, like, like there are a couple of cities where I could figure, like, you know, like, like I could be okay with. Um, so I was very happy to get Brooklyn. And they're like, but we, you know, we whittle it down to like our, like our top 10. And, um, and at the time, like all the seasons previous, all the seasons prior had only had seven castmates. So I figured they were going to select seven out of the 10. I didn't know that they had actually wound up selecting eight for my season until I showed up on, on the doorstep. And I later found out that, um, they weren't planning on doing eight people for my season, but they had a really tough call between a couple of the housemates and it was actually, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but Laurel from the challenges was also auditioning for my season and wow. she was also in the top 10 and, uh, she wound up being like one of only like the two people that wound up like not making it, which actually fed into a rivalry a little bit later, uh, behind the scenes, uh, for the challenges. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, so that's my story of how I pretty much got cast and then the rest is sort of public domain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of um, the people that I guess you could say weren't cast necessarily to the real world ended up getting used on the uh, Fresh Meat, too. Because I know Brandon, actually, I think it was both DC and the uh, Cancun seasons, um, he was getting, like, I guess, called for um, beyond those. And they told him that he didn't fit what they were looking for in that season or whatever. And then, you know he ended up getting uh, called straight to the challenge. Which is funny, because I feel like Brandon probably would have fit in, fit in really well with the Cancun house, at least. At least from the personalities that I met there from the from the Cancun season, I feel yeah. like he probably would have jived. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely, because he's actually, like, I believe, a Nebraska guy, so I think yep. putting him in the Cancun environment would have, uh, you know, been an interesting uh, take. Yeah, but the thing about Brennan, too, is that he's he has, like, a really fun, like, laid-back personality. Um, I was really impressed with his ability to just, like, didn't matter, like, who he was kicking it with. He could just sort of, like, blend in. Um, so that definitely, I think, worked out for his benefit in, uh, in the challenges. 
Um, one thing I found that's true, at least for like me personally, is that most people either absolutely love me or absolutely can't stand me. In my 36 years, I've never met someone who's just on the fence about how they feel about me. Uh, so, um, so it's very polarizing how people feel. And that dynamic was never more true than when I was actually on the challenges. Um, in the real world house, it was, it was funny. Um, we had kind of like a boys versus girls dynamic a little bit. Um, but even that I think was probably more played up in post-production and the editing for my season because now, um, like Chet and I still like talk to each other. Ryan and I are still like super close. Um, I, I regret that I don't get to speak with Scott as much as I would like to. Um, so, but like, there's still like very close ties with, uh, with my cast from the real world. Um, so, yeah. Right. Uh, what was your thoughts on the uh, real world house that you were going to be staying in, uh, on first arriving? Um, you know, I kind of didn't go into it with any expectations. And I think that's just because of, of where I was in my life. Um, like I was, you know, being the first, uh, openly trans, uh, cast member. Um, that summer, right before we were filming, we were actually supposed to start filming a couple months early. And I was like, yeah, sorry, I have my, um, I have my transitional surgery planned for the summer, so I'm not going to be available. And I told him to pretty much go with someone else. Like, like, I'm not going to be putting this aside so I could go to your thing. This was like a life goal that I was, that I was achieving. So I was actually part of the reason why we filmed as late in the year as we did. Um, but, um, but yeah, so going into it, uh, I didn't really have any expectations of the house because I was in a, just a completely different headspace. Um, I was focused on like achieving like this personal life milestone, this, this huge thing for me. Um, so I was, uh, like, like reflecting back on it. Um, it's almost kind of hard for me to, to really envision those, those early days of casting. And plus you're in a whole new environment anyway, where, it's not like your typical house. Like the walls are only three quarter walls. They don't go up the whole way. Um, yeah. You know, there are no light switches in there because the wow. crew controls all the all the lighting. Um, you're basically getting dressed and undressed in front of complete strangers. Um, and at least for the filming of the real world, there's pretty much one one whole crew like per housemate, more or less. So that's like your camera guy. That's your PA. That's your sound guy. That's the dude like holding like the boom mic. Uh, so, um, you know, there's like a whole team of like seven people for each castmate. Um, and they rotate them out. Like if we're all hanging out in a group, obviously you don't need to have like, you know, 36 people there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so like trying to have that become your new normal, um, things like not being able to just go and like drink like one out of a wine glass because that like looks bad on, on camera. Right. So everything's out of like an unmarked red solo cup. Um, you can't have certain brands that aren't directly related to that season sponsors. So like we'd go to the grocery store and then you would like spend the next hour and a half just putting like masking tape over everything, uh, having, having to greet the products because they don't want like an errant, like, you know, Pepsi can in the background, right? Pepsi's not a sponsor for this season. Um, so, and like other, like other things. Um, so that was, that was an interesting, uh, an interesting experience, um, uh, going into it because the last real memory I have of the real had of the real world prior to that point was like Las Vegas, like the original Las Vegas, like party hookup, da, 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 whatever. And that's never been my scene. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more, uh, reserved. Uh, well, I like to think I'm more reserved. I think my season kind of showed another side of me. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I tend to be a little bit more, more bookish, um, and not, um, not really that big of a party girl. So I was worried and concerned that that was going to be the environment I was put into. And I was pleasantly surprised to find like the, the depth 
um, to each individual person. Like everyone had their own story, but not just, um, not in so much that like, like, you know, cause we all have our own story, but, um, like everyone there had been through trials and tribulations that had come out of it a different, like more like well-formed person. And I was very impressed by that. Um, it wasn't like, we weren't just one dimensional party animals who can hook up. And I was very surprised by the fact that nobody in the house hooked up with anybody, um, at least not while we were filming. Uh, right. So, I mean, there's some questions about Ryan and Chet, but outside of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was actually, I spoke with um, Pete and uh, Brandon about this. But I'd say, like, I was going to ask you uh, your thoughts as well, but I'd say consensus can pretty much agree that the uh, Fresh Meat 2 house that you guys were living in was, like, you know, amazing. Oh, the house was absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah. It was completely wasted on the cast that they put in the house. Um, like it was, it was this great, uh, like like two or three story place that had this bitchin' like uh, like jacuzzi in the background, um, beautiful pool table. It was like a mountain cabin in Whistler, Canada. Like it's the kind of thing where like you aspire to if you're 45, right? Like this is like like what I've, I'm saving up for. This is where I want to retire. You put a bunch of 20-somethings who are spending their entire weekly alcohol budget on just as much PBR as they can get. Like, it's like the disparity between the environment and uh, the people living in it uh, was was very stark. Um, but no, the house is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I was a little disappointed by Whistler, actually. Um, not like Whistler Canada, absolutely gorgeous. But uh, at the time, I was living in Montana. So, like, you know, when you think of the challenges, like, They've done Australia. They just did Thailand. They did all these gorgeous cool locations. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Send me somewhere like, you know, beaches and sand. And I'm living in Missoula, Montana at the time. And they're like, we're sending you to Canada. It's like, that's across the street. Why are you sending me to Canada? Like, I was so disappointed. Um, but it was um, the year of the Winter Olympics. So the town was was pretty vibing. And um, But it was absolutely gorgeous up there. Right. Um. So obviously you were the uh, first, and I'm still a pretty sure only openly um, trans um, oh. MTV uh, guest. Um, so how hard was it coming out to your roommates? Um, I mean, it wasn't really that difficult. Uh, I came out to them in, in waves. Like there were some people I think like like Bay and Sarah I told very early on. Um, there were other people, uh, I think like Devin was probably the last of like the female housemates that I told, um, which, um, she, I think she took a little bit more personally than I had intended it. Um, I decided to tell her last because one, we were sharing a room together, but also she was someone that I felt like the closest connection to. And it's always, you know, an individual's coming out story is, is always like highly personal to them. So, um, you, you almost like like tell the people that you care about most like last yeah. uh, that's why so she kind of and there's a general sense in the house too um because it wasn't exactly like hiding the fact um but that's the thing too is I didn't I wasn't going to be like open about it because that wasn't the only aspect of my personality that I wanted them to get to know but I wasn't also gonna hide it either because I didn't feel like it was anything to hide or be ashamed of um I just kind of let it come out naturally through the discourse of my interactions with them right um, so going into Fresh Me Too, obviously that being your, uh, first season of the challenge, um, that had vets picking rookies, but what, was it a weird feeling for you being a rookie yourself having to, um, you know, evaluate and pick another rookie? Oh yeah. It was a completely like weird experience. Um, also, um, 
the challenges, and I'm, and I'm, I can't imagine too much has changed since, uh, to be completely honest with you, but it's, um, there's certainly a hierarchy in terms of who they cast and like where right. like you rank. Um, and just, I, I mean, just like among like the personalities, right? So like you put Kenny and Wes in a house, they're automatically like the two top dogs of any faction. There's no politicking that you will ever be able to do, especially if you're a new person, right? Trying trying to form uh, political relationships within the house if those two are in it, right? So yeah. you have people with long sorted histories who I'm sure as soon as they get the casting call, they're calling each other and be like, hey, I just got called. Did you get the call? No. All right, cool. Well, let me call so-and-so. So before anyone even steps foot in the house, they already have alliances fully formed. So when when you're a rookie and you don't know anything about that dynamic, um, you know it was it was very Games of Thronesy uh, before Games of Thrones was on the air. Uh, so it, you know it, I wasn't, um, and I'm already not very politically savvy. Um, that's just not my personality. I tend to, I prefer to be on the level. Um, you know, I don't like people that smile to my face and stick a dagger in my back. Like if, if I'm sticking a dagger in you, you'll know, and you'll also be armed and it'll be in daylight and we'll be dueling. So there's not like, I don't like the surreptitiousness. Um, so that was a real big, like wake up call. Um, and I felt bad cause I tried to like form relationships with, uh, um, you know, with Kara Marie and like other people there that um that i thought would be a good stance and it didn't matter like the, the fates were decided before i ever even tried to to do any politicking so it was it was an interesting call um but then also from like just um just like the the dynamic from the production side of things right i think that season they had wanted to to film in a warmer climate so we had these warm water wetsuits which are great if you're going to be swimming in like, you know, Venice Beach, if you're in like California or like you're in the Atlantic, that's fantastic. But if you're in Canada in the wintertime, those suits don't do anything for you. And so I was very upset because originally I'm from South Florida. It's paradise. It's like our, our winter is way if it drops to 68 degrees, right? So meanwhile, I'm up there. It's like it's 52 like, I'm wet. I do not like it. This is awful. This is not my jam. I'm complaining the whole time. I will let you know when I'm unhappy. Um, and uh, and people were getting a little annoyed with me. They're like, yeah, this is just part of the thing. I'm like, no, this is dumb. Like, I could die of hypothermia. Why are we doing this? Or we do a thing. We're like, all right, everyone get on the scaffolding. We're going to put you over the water. I'm like, all right, cool. We're over the water. So the whole gimmick is like, yeah, I got to go from point A to point B. And if I fall, I fall in the water. Cool. Waka waka. Like, everything's fine. Like, yeah. And then the production dude, he'd be like, oh, yeah, raise the crane up another 10 feet. It's like, why? Why? I'm already falling. Why do I have to injure myself to do this? This is an OSHA violation. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so that part I found myself less enthused about. And then I later found out that the, that the person that was responsible for um, creating all the challenges, he was like this army reject. Like, he never made it in the army rangers. So he had, like, one of those, like um, – I like I call them like tactical people. Like if you go to the gun range, like they're the ones that are all like decked out in like military gear. It's like, dude, you didn't even enlist. Like, what are you doing? You're such a tryhard. <laughs> um, and so his whole thing was I want to make it as sweaty as possible and because I guess that drives up ratings. But like if I'm just like a person trying to do a thing, like I don't like what am I doing this for? Like you're paying me two hundred dollars a week, like that's I make more money freelancing, like what what am I doing this for? Um, and so for me, like as an engineer with an actual career, like it didn't make much sense, but you know, I guess if you're Kenny Stantucci and you've been doing this for 30 years and it's the only <laughs> prospect you have, I, I get it, I guess. Right. 
Um, so obviously you picked Brandon. Uh, well, who were you? And were you initially looking to uh, pick anybody else? Or no, I don't. I I honestly I don't recall. Um, uh, I was kind of hoping I could pick Laurel, to be honest with you. Uh, so I was. Uh, they're like, no, Caitlin, you got to pick a boy. I'm like, well, this is dumb. Um, why can't I just pick the person I have the most statistical likelihood of succeeding with? But all right. Um, I think I was also like one of the last to pick. So it was between Luke yeah. and Brandon for me. Um, and, uh, Luke, I like him. He's a very likable personality, really chill dude, but he seemed a little bit too like Portland. He seemed a little bit too hippy dippy for my liking. And I figured right. like if, if I'm in a competition to get things done, like Brandon felt like that person that would do that. Um, and I feel bad cause I let the dude down. Um, cause I am not at all athletic to the surprise of nobody. I am not an athletic person. I do better behind a keyboard than I do, uh, you know, in, in a gym, so. Right. So I've heard rumors and I've read places. I don't know how true it is. I don't know if there's any uh, light you can shed on it, but I've heard that um, off camera, originally Darrell had picked Laurel first, but then they, like, made him re-pick or something like that because they thought it was unfair. I I don't have any recollection of that being the case. Um, uh, at least as far as I recall in my experiences, they never had us reshoot anything. Like so, so the so the footage they got is because that's what we filmed. Um, there weren't any do overs. Like I don't I don't remember having to line up and then do like the the repick thing all over again. Um, I yeah, I don't I don't recall uh, Daryl ever picking uh, Laurel first. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the, I wasn't paying much attention, to be honest. I'm a complete space cadet. Like, so we were like, so they had us lined up first, um, and then they brought in all like the fresh meat. So I was sure, like, I had been standing there while they were setting up for like 45 minutes. I was probably like, oh, squirrel, like, oh, shiny, pretty. Like, I wasn't, was not paying attention if there was anything else that was going on. Um, probably what happened, if I'm willing to put money down, uh, I would probably say that, um, that like Daryl and Kenny probably got some advanced information. Um, Cause that seems to be the way that it works for some reason. I'm not saying that there's um, any kind of shenanigans going on, but for some reason, the, the veterans always seem to have some inside track information uh, about something. So if there was some discrepancy about something that they had prior agreed to that they had, a, you know, you know, foreknowledge of maybe, but in terms of what we filmed that day, they didn't make us refilm anything. Okay. Um, so there was obviously a divide in the house, um, one side Wes, one side Kenny, uh, Sarah was obviously Kenny's side, but what kind of swayed you towards the Wes Evelyn side? Um, well, I kind of like, I kind of got on with Evelyn better. Um, so that was pretty much it. That and my first interaction with Kenny, Kenny just reminded me of every douchebag I ever had to deal with my entire life growing up. He was every bully I had in fifth grade or in eighth grade or in 10th grade. He was just every jerk that will like elbow you into the lockers. It's like, yeah, you're an asshole. Like that's your entire personality. Really? Like, so it was just like, like from the first interaction with them, I he just, he's like oil and water, which completely separated. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't vibing with them and, uh, it was unfortunate because Sarah and I, like up until that point were really close. Like the girls in my real world house were very, very close. Uh, we would spend like three nights a week playing cards. Like we had a very aggressive spades table. 
Like we would play like like Rummy together. It was it was fantastic. I, I loved my season of Real World. Um, so then to see her kind of what I feel like fell in with the wrong crowd. It, it was a little like Hallmark special, but um, but yeah, um, it just it, it caused like this uh, this divide. Um, and then which was kind of shady. Um, so the room I was bunked in was right next to the one that had like Kenny and Jen and uh, Paula in it. And so there was like right before one elimination, I was like getting changed and I could hear them all talking about how they were going to put me up for elimination. And I could hear Sarah's voice through the wall because the wall is made out of like particle board. It's not, it's not like soundproof guys. Like, so I could hear everything that they're planning. I was like, Oh, so it's like that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I am like last name Cusinelli. I am Sicilian. Like we're, we're known for forgetting things. Never. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, let me see what I could do. And, um, I think I was able to get her nominated instead, um, for elimination. And then that kind of put the nail in that coffin for that relationship. Um, but it's what it is. Mm -hmm. So you obviously got injured and ended up on crutches after that, uh, one challenge. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like a Plinko machine, man. Like, that was awful. I'm already, like, not a good swimmer. And then I had to swim, and then I had to climb a thing, and I got close to the top, and I just, like, slid and hit every stupid handhold on the way down. It was not a fun time. So you guys were going into that exile against, I believe it was CJ and Sydney, And they were, you guys were going to kind of, like, walk through, through it so they could uh, see the um, exile so they knew, like, what to, you know, expect. Um... So essentially, you guys were just going to let them see it, right? But they didn't obviously let you guys um, go forth, and you guys got DQ. But they said because Brandon had drank a beer um, the morning of. Yeah, that was the convenient excuse that they used. Um, and, and like, I feel bad that I drove Brandon to drink. Uh, I, was, I was such a bad teammate. He definitely uh, had to carry our team. Um, but no, so the real reason was um, legal issues. Um, so, uh, I am kind of a nerd and, uh, I am kind of a rules lawyer and, uh, I was like, Hey, like throughout this whole process, you've done nothing but put me in, in like imminent physical harm. I can't believe you're going to make me hike through the woods on crutches. And so I, I complained very loudly. Uh, I, I went full Karen. I was like, I'm going to speak to someone's manager. And, but then he like, or do I dress? So, um, so yeah, so they needed, I, I think it was more for reasons of legal indemnification that they weren't going to put me at further risk of injury when they knew I was already injured. And, um, yeah. And my doctor and the doctor that he took me to when I injured myself, they're like, yeah, under no circumstances are you to have this person do anything stressful or strenuous. And like, as soon as I was in the room when the doctor said that, I'm like, well, I'm done. So, uh, so yeah, so they conveniently used, uh, his drinking as a, as a disqualifier because God forbid they should, you know, be responsible. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of figured I was like, are they, they're not going to really make her, uh, do this on crutches. You know what I mean? Right. But, that morning so, I remember almost getting into like a fight with the camera dude because, uh, he was filming me as I was trying to get ready. And I just like looked at him and I was like, like, I'm not getting ready as long as you're here. He's like, what? What's wrong, Caitlin? Come on. Just did it. I was like, no, like, I, you're not going to get this shot. I know what shot you're going for. I'm not going to, to, you know, to put that out there. Like, let's not, you know, don't, don't kick me while I'm down, bro. Right. 
Um, so you obviously heading into Rivals 1, you and uh, Sarah are going to be partners. Um, what was your relationship like with Sarah at that point heading into Rivals? I mean, we didn't really speak much after Fresh Me Too. Um, you know, we had a couple, like, on-camera blow-ups. Um, and um, it's only, like, now, like, when I look back in hindsight, I was like, oh, she was doing that to build up this persona, like, the character that she was shaping herself up to be for, like, for the challenges, right? right. Um, so we didn't really have much uh, communication uh, at that point. Um, actually going into it, when I found out the name was Rivals, I was certain that it was going to be like me against Laurel, uh, because Laurel and I got into quite a number of arguments, uh, during Fresh Me Too. So, um, she like basically accused me of stealing her spot on the real world. Um, she was like, oh, like, you know, I was going to be cast and then they cast you instead. And like, like, you don't even deserve to be here. I was like, what season of Robo were you on, Fresh Mate? Please, like, quiet. Like, so, um, so I was, just, I was certain going into Rivals that it was going to be Laurel and I. Um, but no, they, uh, they put Sarah and I together. Um, Sarah and I really do work well when we choose to. Um, so, um, so yeah. Um, so I was, I had no problems with it. Honestly, I, I was just there at that point just for a paycheck. Um, uh, I was, I was doing the challenges, uh, cause I was lecturing at colleges and universities at the time, uh, and they only book you in the spring and in the fall. And, uh, the challenges were filming in the summer and in the winter. So it worked out really great for, for my lecturing schedule. If I could do a, a summer, uh, production. Um, so yeah, I was just there to supplement my income. And this time, like you're going to Costa Rica. It's like, sweet, never been to Costa Rica. That's my, like, that is what I wanted to hear. Like, you know, send me to islands and surf and I got to eat good food. And I don't even think I gave, like, I didn't care at all about anything that we were doing. Um, I was literally just there. I'm like, cool. I get paid to be on the beach and eat ceviche and this is fantastic. And oh yeah, I've got to put up with a bunch of children. But outside of that, uh, I was, I was fine. Right. So you guys, for your elimination, are going to be going against Jasmine and John A. And TJ oh, yeah. shows up um, and basically tells both teams that they have to send one member of their team with him. Um, did they tell you guys uh, where you were going or what was going on at that point? Or um, God, I, you know, I don't really, I don't entirely recall if they said, oh, by the way, we're going to be burying you in a coffin. Um, but, um, but I think... Uh, I think I knew they're basically like, we're going to take one of you away. And then the other one's got to rescue the other one. And they were very nonspecific to the terms of what rescue entailed. Um, and I was like, you know what? Um, like, let me like, like I'll volunteer. Like there, there are very few things that I'm scared of. Uh, like heights and water are literally the only two things. So I'm not claustrophobic. I'm fine. So when they're like, Oh, like, by the way, we're going to put you in a pine box and bury you. I was like, I'm actually cool with this. I was fine. Um, and, uh, so it was, it was Costa Rican summer and it was like 96 degrees out with like 80% humidity. But remember I'm from South Florida. Like, you know, when I was a kid growing up, like we used to like on our bingo spreadsheets, like, Oh, is the asphalt melting? Check. So like I was, I was fine. Like I had no problem being in, in confined spaces and they buried us a good four hours before they ended up filming. Wow. So I was buried for four hours in a pine box 
And the worst part about it was that you think like, oh, well, like, you know, you're in a plant box and they had air holes in there so we could actually breathe. Um, I just, I think was the only thing that they did maybe begrudgingly. Um, so we were already in, in a pine box in a confined space, which is already warm in like warmer temperature, but then they had to film inside of it. So we had this bright, like 900 lumen light that was shining like in our face. Um, and they're like, Oh, by the way, don't make a sound or you're disqualified because at that point, like we were buried, our, our teammate had to come and, you know, dig us out. Um, so they, they didn't want us, uh, you know, giving away our, our location. So I was actually fine. I was I was able to nap. Um, I've slept through Category Five hurricanes, no problem. So I was like, oh, I get to actually have peace and quiet for the first time in three weeks for four hours. Yeah, I'm good. So I had no problem with that. Um, the only thing was is that after they buried me, um, they're like, oh, yeah, I now solve this puzzle. Um, and that was a little frustrating because uh, I'd been buried underground for four hours with no water and heat. So I was like, I was already like dizzy um, and I wasn't really entirely there. Um, and it's frustrating because the puzzle that they gave us is one that I've solved a dozen times um, in, in various video games or like, you know, as, as a player playing a game in Dungeons and Dragons. Like it's like, oh, I've seen this puzzle before. So I had immediate object recognition, but I was just not uh, altogether there. And we had rules too, like, like one person couldn't just do the thing. We had to take turns. Like, oh, like, have you go run, pick up a piece, and then put it, and then, like, Sarah's got to go, and then vice versa. And I was not able to keep track of, of anything. I, I was useless at that point. Um, so we got eliminated again. Um, and that was pretty much it. I was I was like, uh, I'm done. I think this is – my time is over. I, I'm reaching my, my mid to late 20s at this point. I was like, no, I, I miss I miss being an engineer. So um, I kind of decided to go back to my day job. <laughs> um so i'd say most of the house um especially like the mob with uh johnny west kenny and evan we're all pretty much targeting uh ct most of that rival season so mm -hmm. were you were you cool with ct yeah i i honestly i had no problems with anybody uh really uh ct was was cool uh, I found like if you just engage most people as if they were people, wild concepts, uh, they were actually pretty cool with you. Um, there were a couple of um, like like Jen and I think we had a little like spat back and forth. Like Laurel was there, but I don't think I really paid her much attention. Um, uh, Ev was there. Um, who else did we have? Um, yeah, I was I was happy when Wes and Kenny got paired up because like they deserve each other. They should be married. I swear to God, like the two of them, the way that they argue. Um, but no, I, I had a really good time. Um, I had I had no issues really with anybody at all. I like CT. CT was a cool dude. So can you talk to me a little bit more about how um, you know your little thing with Laurel started? How she uh, kind of oh god well. I don't even remember, like, like what I think, because we were in the Fresh Meat House, right? And it was just a typical, it was just after an elimination. I can't recall who's, I'm sorry. Um, but so every week you get an alcohol budget. And so normally you'd think, okay, we're all over 21 here. Most like, like we can all drink. Like, let's get some alcohol that we can enjoy. No, these people drink like it's their job. So they get as much of, like, the bottom barrel, like, you know, Tito's plastic handle, like, as much as our money will get us, that's how drunk we want to be. 
Um, so like $1,400 a, a week and just like PBR and Tito's and like some bottle of like bottom shelf, like yellowtail wine. That's all we got to work with. So I'm getting white girl wasted on this super cheap wine. And um, Laurel's there. She's also kind of getting white girl wasted on PBR. And um, she just uh, she just gets really like kind of like angry at me. She's like, you know what, Caitlin? I don't like you. And I was like, why is this Amazon talking to me? Like, she is three, she is three inches taller than I am. And I was like, dude, like, it's chill. Just like, leave me alone. I'm over playing pool with like, with like Luke and, uh, and Danny. And like, like, we're all, I'm in my world. You're in your world. Like, fuck off. I don't care. Um, so she just starts coming at me. She's like, you know, I was supposed to be on your season. I was like, cool. Didn't see you there. Whatever. Um, and at that point, like the peanut gallery starts chiming in. I think uh, like Sydney starts, um, starts like gassing somebody up. Um, and she's like, you know, like, you're like, I don't even understand like why I have to compete against you. It's such an unfair advantage. And it's like, oh my God, this trope again. And I just like, I think I snapped and I think I yelled at her and it just like, it just started that way. And it's like, cool. I now don't like you. Like you're now a jerk. Um, and I fully kind of blame Kenny for that because she got to go with Kenny. It's like, cool. The asshole rubbed off on somebody. So he's now created these little monsters. And then I saw Sarah fall underneath his wing too. So it was like, this guy, he's a cancer. Everything he touches, he just turns everyone that aligns themselves with him into a complete douchebag fanfic. Um, so yeah. And then, and that made me team West by default. Not that I necessarily liked West any better. It was just like, you know, it's like the selection cycle. It's like, oh, like, it's just not Trump. Great. Fantastic. Um, yeah. that's low bar. Uh, and I still hate it. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's how that whole thing happens. Um, but then I actually tried to reconcile with her on Rivals. Um, but because all of our drama kind of happens off camera, um, I don't think any of it ever really got featured or played up. So I'm obviously sure you're aware of uh, how Bananas took the money from Sarah on that uh, Rivals 3 final. No, I the only reality TV I watch is like cooking shows. Like I watch like Chopped or Chopped or MasterChef. I, I was not really big into um, reality TV before. I'm not that big into reality TV now, which is kind of funny because I was on I was on it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, but no, it, that happens. Cool. Couldn't have happened to nicer people. Uh, this is basically my so sentiment. So you didn't hear about it? No, I don't. I, wow. I, I divorced myself from that world entirely. All right. Uh, so I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit of a brief. So Rivals, the third season that they did of Rivals, obviously you were on the first one, but this time it was opposite sex paired. So Bananas and Sarah, I guess like had a little bit of a rivalry coming from their last season because Sarah had voted him into the final elimination before the final. He ended up losing, right? So they became rivals and um, they ended up winning that season. And, but there was a twist at the end um, for the people that were in the final that who they kept track of like who did what better in the portions of the final. So it came down to who won their, you know, section so it was Bananas' decision. So he had the choice if he wanted to split the money how it normally is with Sarah or keep the entire thing for himself. So he ended up keeping all the money. And then Sarah ends up, like, collapsing, crying. It's, like, a huge thing. It's pretty much, like, everyone talks about it. It's, like, the, one of the biggest moments in, like, TV history. Um, oh, my. And she hasn't come back since. So 
Yeah, and they still hate each other to this day. So I'm going to ask you, had you and Sarah uh, won, would you have split the money or taken yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, because I, like, I don't know. I'm, I don't feel like I'm a jerk. Like, I, I hold, I hold grudges, but, like, for stuff that's important, right? Like, if it was my ex-husband, no, that's a different story. But, like, but, but for Sarah, um, yeah, no, I, I would have split the money. Like, it's, you know, where, like, I get that it's there for television and compelling melodrama is really, like, at the end of the day, like, what you're selling. So it doesn't surprise me that that was the twist that they, you know, that they had, because um, it's all about who can screw each other over. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Johnny Bananas would make a great senator one day. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that, that's not me. That's not how I roll. All right. So was there anything funny or wild that wasn't seen on any of your uh, two challenge seasons that you thought should have made it to air? I don't know if I should have made it to air, but, like, one of my fondest memories of, like, from Rival season, um, it was one of those nights where we had just wrapped uh, – so – You'll do a challenge, and then the next two days you'll do green screen interviews. That's where, like you know when you see somebody and they're speaking about everything that happened. It's because like they'll they'll do half of the cast on one day, half the cast on another day. So you would have challenge green screen green screen day one, green screen day two, rest day challenge, rinse repeat. So we had just finished an elimination, um, and we just got done with our like we did all the on the flies, we did all of our green screens. So it was like one of those rare days where like it's a Saturday. There's, we had whittled down like like a, quite a few people, so the house was, was shrinking a little bit, and um, we were just everyone was having a good time, and we had like this really like nice table on the back patio, and just a bunch of people. Uh, I think it was like like Jasmine and Brandon were like laying down like some like random like beat, and everyone like went around the table like doing like a little like freestyle like rap session that wound up being pretty funny and pretty cool. It was just like a really cool moment where like. Nobody was at each other's throats. It was very, we're all just, like, getting along and vibing and having a good time. Uh, it's just, like, one of those chill nights. Um, but I know when you have to condense everything down to, like, 13, 45-minute episodes to maximize the most drama, like, that stuff is probably not going to get seen. Um, but, yeah, no, there's there's not from the challenges I could really think of. Um, there were a lot of cool moments from my season that I wish me had to air that never did. Like, um while we were in the house, none of the girls were at each other's throats, which is kind of rare. Because when I went back, when I found that I was going to be cast, uh, I went back and I watched a bunch of seasons of Real World, and they all had this moment where, like, there was just, like, girls being catty to one another. And I'm like, wow, like, if their target demographic is girls that are in, like, middle school, high school, like, college age, how great would it be for them to finally see a season where that wasn't happening? Right. Where like, like for once people are interacting with each other without the expectation of, of sex or hookups, without animosity or backstabbing. Like what a great precedent to set, um, you know, for a season. And so I, I was I was really bummed that that didn't that that wasn't made like more prominent. Um, and just the camaraderie between the girls in the house, I think, was absolutely fantastic. Um, so that's something that I wish kind of happened. So what have you been up to since we've last seen you on reality television? Um, I've really been focusing on my career, honestly. Um, so I mentioned uh, previously that my background is, is primarily in information technology. Um, I work in a really cool space. Uh, right now, uh, I specialize in the machine learning and data sciences space. Uh, so uh, I help build some of the most advanced machine learning and artificial intelligence clusters for some of the world's largest companies. So that's really cool. Um, I've really been like focusing a lot on my, on my career, my personal growth. And I'm finally in a really 
I'm in a good place. Um, I'm happy with myself. I've got great friends. Um, my family and I are, are, are closer than ever. Um, so life's at a really good at a really good place for me. Um, so uh, I think I want to start focusing again on volunteering uh, efforts. Uh, in my 20s, you know, I, I was heavily focused on the the LGBT community, focusing a lot on my on my trans civil rights advocacy. Um, but I, I really want to focus on helping uh, veterans communities and uh, and helping serve that community a bit more. So that's kind of what I've been up to. Just just nice. keep, yeah, just just grinding away. You know, keeping my nine to five hustle. Um, but yeah, I think this phase of my life, this next phase, is all going to be all about giving back and how can I help. So that's where I'm at. Well, it was a pleasure again to speak with you today, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, take care, and I hope you're staying safe. Yeah, thanks. You too. Bye.